speak to us today, Lord. This is Genesis 37, verses 1 through 11. Welcome to turn to that on your phone, your Bible. You can just listen. You can read above my head if you want. All right, Genesis 37. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of uh, Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel, a.k.a. Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. We started this series uh, last week on the life of Joseph. And as we go through this book, here's what we're going to see. Destiny requires... The dreamer to die. Destiny requires the dreamer to die. We see in the beginning of this story, Joseph has some dreams, and he's also got some immaturity. At least what seems like the author, Moses here, as he's writing this, is trying to point some things out subtly in the narrative about where Joseph is at. And guys, the truth is, if if we are going to fulfill the calling on our lives, number one, we have to actually dream. But number two, we have to learn to die. To live not for ourselves. To say no to living a selfish life that's about me. And that's really the only way that, it, that we will fulfill the destiny that God has, the dreams that he has for our lives, or the dreams that he's given us that are really rooted in his ideas for us and his will for our lives. Destiny requires the dreamer to die. Now, that's not usually a fun thing. And as you're going to hear in the life of Joseph, you're going to see the agony, both physically and emotionally, that he went through, but that brought about, that brings about in the end the fulfillment of these dreams, and as you'll hear, the salvation of many people. 
So here's where we see this in this passage. Um, man, as we talked about last week, there's, you still see the dysfunction in the family and how that's affecting. It's threatening the dreamer and the dream itself. So you see the father, it's clearly stating that he loves Joseph, that Jacob loves Joseph more than any of the brothers, and that obviously is filtering down to them, where over and over again, it's talking about them hating Joseph more and more and more. So there's some serious dysfunction going on in this family. Again, but that does not stop the dreams from being fulfilled, the plan of God. God is still working in and through this dysfunctional family to bring it to a place of health and through it to bring uh, salvation to that world back then. You know, Joseph... uh, It's interesting, the first thing we hear about him is that he brings a bad report about his brothers. It's kind of like this this tattletale kind of picture. And he, you know, you could kind of go back and forth on that. Is he being a tattletale? What's this about? But we we see that he, he tells his dad, but instead of maybe going to his brothers and actually just engaging with them relationally, or maybe confronting them about something that they're doing while they're out there tending the flocks. We don't know. There's a lot we don't know about this. We see this uh, robe that he gets, which is just this physical representation of his father's favor for him above everybody else. People disagree about what this really is. The NIV, this is the updated NIV that they updated recently. They've changed it from you know multicolor or whatever to this ornate robe. So some people think it was colorful. Some people think it was just elaborate in some way. Uh, there's others that, that would argue it's a, it's, a, it's a coat with a long hem, which the hem was where there were like pockets. In other words, the father is saying, Joseph, I'm going to be giving you deep pockets. Like it's an it's, it's uh, indication of him having a greater inheritance than all the other brothers. Wherever you go with that, there, there's, again, this physical representation of the dysfunction in the family. And then you've got Joseph seemingly not very emotionally aware that his brothers hate him, and sharing this dream, you know, this, this guy's not going to be running for public office, right? I mean, he has, he has no political savvy here of like, oh, I'll just share this dream. Like, brothers hate me, but this will probably make them love me. Like, no. Like, don't, don't you understand, like, the family dynamics that are happening here? So it feels like he's very immature, uh, very low emotional intelligence. But the Lord is going to work that out in him. And so the story that we're seeing is really the story of Joseph, of him growing into maturity. And the situations that come to pass in his life are, are really forcing him to die, to let go of whatever he would have clung to in his life. Because it all gets taken away. Now, one thing about Joseph and about dreams. Now, you might say, you know, I don't really have any dreams. But we all dream at night. And maybe there's some people that are like, they dream all the time. And others of us maybe have one dream a month, you know. I kind of fall into more of the one dream a month category. But what's interesting in the Bible is that dreams are over and over again throughout the Bible all through the Old Testament, and even when we see the birth narrative of Jesus that we just read in Christmas time, dreams are from God. 
And so one temptation can be to dismiss your dreams. And now I want to lump into that kind of ideas or thoughts you have about who you are and what God might be calling you to, as well as actual dreams you have while you are asleep, okay? I want to kind of treat those together. But one temptation, one way the devil wants to derail you is to dismiss them. And that's often an attack on our faith. We don't believe that God is actually with us and communicating to us. Man, if there's anything that he wants to do, it's for you to doubt that God is with you and that he loves you and that he's involved in your life. He's happy for you. Well, he's not happy for you to believe these things. He's not happy for you to believe the gospel. But he, he, he really is not happy for you to actually believe it where it starts affecting your life. Right? Where you're making decisions based upon this relationship with God. So that's one temptation. And, and for us, I want to I challenge you as we're going through this series on Joseph, pay attention to your dreams at night and ask God to give them to you. Now you say, well, what about nightmares? And I'll just say, I don't know. But I want to read you this short passage from Genesis that happens before. As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved and mistreated there. I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. After they will come out with great possessions. And God goes on to kind of talk about what else is going to happen there. I just, it's just interesting that the Lord speaks in a dreadful darkness, in a dream. So even if you're, you have a nightmare, oftentimes maybe we say, well, that might be the devil. And I'm not saying that it's not. But I also say, well, there might be something that the Lord wants to warn you about, or there might be some fear in you, or there might be something that God is wanting to work out of you. Okay? I'm not saying, I'm not trying to condemn anyone here. I'm just saying, pay attention and let God be the interpreter of dreams. Right? Which, because he is the one, right? What does Daniel say when it comes to dreams? Well, I can't interpret this dream, King Nebuchadnezzar, but my God can. Okay? So God, this is, dreams are another invitation into relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and Father God. All right. So one temptation is don't dismiss your dreams, whether it's things at night or it's things that you just feel in your heart about who God has made you to be as you discover more of who you are. The second thing is you cannot idolize your dreams. So this is another temptation, that the dreams or the calling on your life become more important than loving people or just being surrendered to God. In other words, the dream or the mission that God has given you dominates, and you end up clinging to that dream and either demanding that that happen, being angry when you don't see it, or um, you end up pushing people out of your way to accomplish some dream and just stomping over them. Are you guys, is this making sense? Are you track with me? So there's this, this sense to just dismiss the dreams, but then there's also this, like, I'm going to cling to this. This is, you know, this is what it is. Now, when the Lord speaks something, there is a sense of tenacity. When we, we need to stand and say, hey, the Lord said this, and that's it. 
but it never is at the expense of, of other people. Right? It's never like leading us to a place where we're running over people to, 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 to accomplish something. So there's a, there's a tension there. You know, like God spoke this word to me about my back, my back being healed uh, by the end of last year. And once in a while, I still am getting some pain. It's been feeling a lot better. But I have a choice in that moment. I can say, this does not belong. I'm not paying attention to that. Because the Lord told me this is going to be healed. But I'm not clinging to that so that if I do feel pain, I'm blaming God and claiming that as this right or privilege that I have. Are you feeling the tension there? So I'm saying, the Lord said this, and so I'm not paying attention to that. God said it was going to be healed. No, I'm saying no to that right now. But I'm not clinging to that and making it an idol whereby if it doesn't happen, I'm angry with God and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, claiming my rights. Is this making sense? All right? So I, I want you to dare to dream, especially during this series, and to know that it's going to take guts also to die. Because that's what really Jesus says, right? Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it does die, it bears fruit. That the only path to us fulfilling the destiny that will bless the people around us, that will be releasing love in the kingdom of God, is when we let go of our self-dominating. Jesus says, take up your cross daily, follow me. He's not talking about beating yourself up. He's talking about letting go. He's talking about, you know, releasing the claim on our lives. This, this phrase that I've been using recently, the Bible calls us, the world calls us to love our lives, and the devil calls us to hate ourselves, but Jesus calls us to hate our lives and to love ourselves. Loving ourselves is daring to dream, and hating our lives is holding our life loosely so that we're not demanding certain things from the Lord. All right, and we're going to see this unfold in very ugly and very beautiful ways in the story of Joseph. So just know today, destiny requires the dreamer to die. Dare to dream and hold, and hold those dreams loosely. Don't ignore them.